Alright, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Big Lee's World. It is I, your host, Big Lee. Not coming from the Boom Boom Room this week, but actually on the road, this is our first mobile podcast episode and today we've hyped it up all over the socials. I have a good friend of mine with me today, Mr. Farmer Billy Hills. What's up, Lee? What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the podcast. Glad to finally have you on here. Still kind of a little salty that you had podcasts, but you never had me on there. Man, I have let that whole thing just fall right off the wagon. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, my life and my schedule has just been so crazy. Like, I don't even think I've done one in like over a year. So, don't feel too bad. <laughs> I think I did. I think whatever come back, I think there was two. I, think I did two and then just said, fuck it. <laughs> It seemed like you was going to go hard and heavy with this. Man, it was. And then, next thing I know, it just went away. (laughs) It straight did. Like, I just, I was not finding enough time to really, like, dedicate to it like I would like to. Mm -hmm. Like, once once we get here, because technically for those listening, we're at the CCW building right now. And I got, like, so much responsibilities to get stuff done here. And then my own personal wrestling stuff to get set up and everything else. I just couldn't find time to do it. And that's really, like, the only time I can, like, catch guys that I want to do this with is at shows. And normally we just don't have time. That's, so that's true. That's true. I think uh, anybody that's uh, on the kind of on the back end of this knows, like, I've been reached out to Billy a few days ago trying to pick the time out to this because, like you said, I don't think people realize how much goes into one of these indie wrestling shows. People just think, oh, there's a ring, they just show up, and they wrestle, and that's it. But it's actually far from that. Uh, I know we have guys getting here like 9 in the morning. I got here a little after 10, do some paperwork, stuff like that, get the banks and everything rolling. So... Yeah, it goes into it. And uh, speaking of which, it's uh, by the time you all hear this, it's already happened. But nonetheless, uh, if you're listening to this and you didn't make it out to CCW Anniversary 3, shame on you. Shame. Shame. It was a great card, top to bottom. Uh, we had in here your tag team partner for tonight <laughs> as we were recording this. Former WWE superstar Ty Dillinger, now known as the chairman of AEW, Sean Spears. So how are your feelings about teaming with Mr. Spears and going uh, going tonight as your tag partner? Oh man, just for since since this is not a visual podcast, I'll just go ahead and tell you my fanny pack came up a little bit. Like, if seriously, I have been a just a fan of Sean's work since his OVW days. Back while it was kind of half in, half out of like WWE's like developmental territory. Like it was there for a little bit and then they're like, uh, we're just going to build our own place and, you know, do NXT, blah, blah, blah. And I watched him through there. I watched him just flounder through the tag team stuff with Jason Jordan. I, you know, still stuck with him through that. And then he's just kind of still floundered. You know, after they pulled Jason Jordan away, split him up, did, you know, the American Alphas and everything, still stuck with him. And then finally, he started doing, you know, that perfect 10 gimmick. And I'm like, there it is. Like, that's that's what's going to, you know, off to the moon kind of thing for him. And I mean, for the most part, like, it really did. It really did, and, you know, then he did the Royal Rumble spot, he came out at the number 10 spot, and just the place went nuts, and then 
poof. Kind of like my podcast, it was just gone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this freaking sucks because legit, he had been in the system. He, he had just been in that system for a good 10 plus years mm-hmm. from OVW all the way up through. Like he had been in and out of the system for 10 years. And uh, I'm glad that, you know, he's kind of out of it now because I get this amazing opportunity. Because as soon as I read that he had asked for it, got the release, I immediately, I don't, I don't know if I did, did it publicly. I don't think I did, but, uh, I private messaged the person who gets talent here and I'm like, um, <coughs> 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 And I'm like, I, I know how this business works. I know who these people are supposed to come in and work, but it ain't happening this night. <laughs> like, I'm stealing that one. That one is mine. I called dibs. I'm sorry. <laughs> because, I, man, I just, I have from whenever him and Cody Rhodes had just a phenomenal little program down in OVW. And to see them kind of rekindle that on the big AEW stage now. Considering that was, I know, 10 years ago. Compared to what they knew then, compared to now. Because Sean pretty much, let's not get too technical, but did kind of train Cody. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sean's got years on Cody, technically. So, I mean, that's just how long I've been watching him. And now to see them do it on this stage, I'm just, and now I, I get to finally live out kind of like a small dream of mine and just be in a ring with him in some capacity. I'm freaking giddy. <laughs> I'm a small child over here. I really am. I can't lie. I'm a small freaking child over here just waiting, just watching the minutes count down. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure I want to pop another boner as soon as I freaking see him and shake his hand, say hi, and blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to have to just run away. <laughs> I am. I'm like a freaking schoolgirl. Well, that reminds me. Somewhere here, I have those uh, meet and greet passes, so I'll make sure to uh, see if I can get you one for a discount. <laughs> yes, get that good brother discount for me. <laughs> or uh, make sure I have security out there for when you meet him. Make sure you're not one of them overzealous. You, you are my security, and you know this. You're my security here. You this have been true. since day one because <laughs> I've needed it since day one. This is true, and we'll get to that here in a second. Oh, That's, yes. So, kind of make some room here. If you hear any lot of background noises, that's just because we're literally here at the building, and they're training and setting up everything. But, um, yeah, so, Farmer Billy and the Origins of CCW. <laughs> Let me tell you, once I met with Ken and Jason about starting this company, and they were telling me some of the... Uh, roster that they're wanting to bring in and they showed me Farmer Billy Hill my first instinct, my first response, because anybody knows me knows I have a very poor filter was I saw his picture and I was like, you got to be kidding me I don't want to be a part of a company that's going to be based off corny West Tennessee, Northeast Arkansas wrestling with a good old boy and uh but they kind of reassured me with it, and uh, they were like, hey, he's going to be good, he's going to be good. So it's like, well, okay, we'll, we'll see how this goes. We go to the first show, and, uh, well, Mr. Hills, being the oh-so-lovely-nice person that he is, <laughs> apparently 
upsets a former employee's significant other. <laughs> First matched. First matched. <laughs> now, I'm under the impression that these people are supposed to know exactly how the wrestling business works, good versus bad. They're all super fans, stuff like that. Well, apparently I am wrong because my first full interaction with Mr. Hills is, well, you're going to have to go here now and apologize to this person because you've hurt their feelings. And now we're going to have World War Three out here with this person and this person's, uh, I guess you would call it their main job outside of wrestling and it not coming and trying to stop it from coming back as being a detrimental thing for CCW right out of the gate. And since that happened, all over, wasn't it some cookies, I believe? Uh, that, that was, uh, that was, no, that was a totally different person. No, this one was, uh, I was in the ring, bad-mouthing, uh, people, and, uh, like, this guy had called me, like, a fat piece of crap. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then I, I, Find him, make eye contact with him, and as we're we're kind of circling the ring for before the match starts and everything, and I I don't really stop as I'm making the movement, but I see and I'm like, you're really one to be talking when you're sitting next to something like that, <laughs> and I technically I point at his old lady that was sitting like right there next to him, but as we all know, like. The person who, like, we're not going to say his name because, like, I don't want to do that. But his significant other was sitting right behind him. So it it would kind of look like, from their vantage point, like I was pointing at her. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. I was technically pointing to homeboy's old lady that was sitting right there next to him. But pretty much what the way she explained it was <laughs> Noah parting the Red Seas. And all eyes went on her, and then her anxiety or whatever hit her, and she just lost it. And mind you, this is first match out of the gate for us. Yeah. And I'm already stirring up shit. Yeah, I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm already a problem. Yep. So then we go, and uh, now as Billy's evolving this hill character of his, and... uh Apparently, it is rallying up and rallying up more of the uh, crowds getting a little bit more wild, a little bit more wild. A so, little bit. Um, for three of us, <laughs> yeah, the three of us of management here at Cape Championship Wrestling, Jason Ken and I, I come from a little bit different background before I came into this. Like, I came from hardcore scenes, so moshing, fighting, anger just kind of comes from that. So when it became time to for uh, this whole ordeal with him to go for Billy to go out to the crowd, and uh, we want to make sure that there's a here in the state of Missouri, there's a whole risk of a wrestler putting his hands on the fan that we as a company don't need to deal with, and we and the wrestler does not need to deal with because it's silly. I personally believe if someone put your hands on me, you have the right to defend yourself, and there shouldn't be any reparations or whatever from it but uh if they get wild i can go out there and put my hands on people because i'm not a licensed wrestler i'm here to protect people and make sure everyone has a fan i has a fun time the fans have one the wrestlers have one all that fun stuff so because it got more wild while i started going out there being 
uh, a not a character. Like, I think some people at the beginning thought, like, I was just some part of a character of the show. And what people don't realize is, no, I'm, I'm not a character. I'm not some trainee who is out here trying to break into the business and be farmers, quote-unquote, security or manager or anything like that. No, I'm just there in case things got too wild. Because it was real. But I'll never forget <laughs> the infamous night in Chaffee. <laughs> the old woman. The old woman and the skills. <laughs> that one, I love that one so much. But I want to hear it from your perspective. So, we normally run here in Cape at the arena. So it's a pretty big building. However, when we travel to some of these other towns like Chaffee and Delta, the building is much smaller than what it is here. So any kind of need for security is now heightened because everything is much more compact. Everything is in arm's reach. Everyone is more able to interact. So we go. Millie walks out. I go behind him, make sure everything goes okay. And there is this angry, riled-up woman at Billy. Never seen this woman before. I don't even think I've seen this woman since then. And she's getting lippy with Billy. Billy's getting lippy back. Next thing I know, she starts throwing her Skittles at him. And I think I'm just kind of just like stunned, being like, wait, why is she throwing food at him? <laughs> And I didn't even have my mouth open. Pissed right. me off. Because <laughs> succession food is not cheap. Mm -mm. And you're out here wasting it. But, well, I don't know if you remember this important detail of that night. But um, in hindsight, or not really hindsight, just kind of looking back at it or reminiscing. I remember, most instances like this till now, I mentally, I'm getting ready to prepare that the husband and the wife are going to try to come over the guardrail and attack Billy. The husband does probably the smartest thing he could have done that night and sidestepped away and left her by herself. She sure did. Left her there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That, that may have been husband of the year right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he left her to her own accords on that one. And what what I think kind of might have started like the riling up process for her was that was the very first night I ever like came through the front door. Mm -hmm. And that was just like just a sheer just like coincidence. I just I got here and I parked on the wrong side of the building, not knowing that the locker room was on the other side. I wasn't sure. And by the time, like, I was able to get you and Jason, hey, I'm here, and I'm like, where, where do I need to park? I'd already parked and pretty much got my stuff out because I thought I was on the right one. Yeah, nope. There's no cell phone service in that building at all. Yeah, no, it's just like a little tin can of crap, basically. And then, sure enough, find out I'm on the wrong side, and I got a pretty good parking spot, so I really wouldn't want to give that up. <laughs> so uh I just, you know, I just look at it. I'm like, eh, screw it. Just make a text. Lee, coming through the front door. See you here in a minute. So, get my Lee stuff. Lee doesn't get the text. Lee's just up at the front making sure <laughs> the ticket game bad happens. Yep, pretty much. So, I get my bags out, and I just start barreling up to the front door. And, mind you, there is a line of people 
because this was this was October. Yeah, this is when James Ellsworth came in. Yes, this was the first time we had Ellsworth here, and it was October. Um, so I mean, mind you, it was it was kind of chilly. It wasn't too bad yet. Um, but there was just a lot of people just outside waiting, you know, taking the time to get in. And I get up to the line, and they're all just staring at me. And I'm like, you see me. So they ain't want to do nothing. I make them. So as loud as I could, I just yell, move. And it was just like what happened at that very first show. They just parted like the Red Sea, and whoof. Right through the front door I go, and people see me, and they heard just that loud yell I let out. So they're looking at the door, and they see my fat ass come barreling through. They already don't like me. They're there to see me get my ass well. So I've done my job that far. Well, most so, of them. Yeah, most of them. I think it wasn't that. It was the same night that... <laughs> little Billy won. I was going to say, the kid dressed as you won. Yep, he sure did. Yep, Little Billy Hills won, the very first one. So while most people hated him... There was a couple that didn't. Yeah, there was. There was a couple that didn't. But I, I remember that one specifically. You didn't get the text. And I'm I'm just kind of like stopped there at the door after I get through. And I'm just letting the entire building get after it. Like I'm getting any person who sits there and just tries to just mouth me. And finally, I I think it was either you or Jason sent Jeff out to come get me. Because I feel this tug on the back of my shirt, and I'm turned ready to swing, and I see it's Jeff, and he's like, whoa, no, 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 and he goes, Jason said to come get your dumb ass back here, I'm like, oh, okay, screw all of you, and I get my back, and I get to the back, and Jason's there waiting, like, what the hell are you doing, I'm like, I parked on the wrong side, I had to come through the front, I sent you a message, it's like, well, we didn't get shit, yeah, pretty much, probably pretty much, and then uh, I would say that went over so well that night. It just kind of got added into your routine. Yes, it did. And uh, it worked out pretty. Well. It worked out even better once we came back that following year to uh, here at the arena because now it's not just you're trying to push through the crowd at the ticket box to get through. You're now pushing your way through the ticket box, coming in, walking down the steps. If you've ever been to the arena, it's a multi-level place. So Billy's walking around here. He could have cut off early and gone just through the uh, side by the concession to the locker room. Or he could have just came in the back door locker room. No, not Billy. He's going to come through the front door all the way around to the back side of the crowd, all the way up, and then to the locker room. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I take my job as far as like a performer very seriously. Like I want... Every single person who took their hard-earned money that they worked hard for or however that they get their money, I want them to get their money's worth. I want to, if I literally ever have to, like, touch every single person. I want every single person to leave with a little piece of me. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm, you know, heel, face, whatever, I want every single person to get just a small piece of me. I'm going to leave everything I have out there. So, yeah, Lee is absolutely right. Like, I, as soon as I would get to the building, I'm just opening my trunk, bag out. I ain't even saying hi to nobody. I just right to the front door, and there's a lot of people, and it's just, 
Billy's here, and that's all you just started hearing, and then it's just getting people just out of my way, move, 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 Ken scared to death, just shaking in his freaking Adidas, or actually, no, he just switched the new balance for the old man shoes. Yeah, um, that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so, like, he's just shaking, just worried, like, a fan's going to touch me, then I'm just going to punch him in the mouth. He's just so worried about those things. I get to the top of the stairs and I just yell out just any random something just to basically piss people off. As soon as I hit the top of the stairs so that they know I'm here and then I get down the stairs. Lotley says I could easily like as soon as you come into the building, you can take an easy right and you can go to the concession stand and get to the locker room because it's open. Mm-hmm. No. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm, mm-mm, nope, not me. Nope, I'm taking the long way. Everybody up in the cheap seats from the front row to the cheap seats is getting a piece of me if they talk it. Like, that's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's the, it's also a little bit of just like personal human in me. Like, I just want to make sure people just get their money's worth. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of money, I kind of, it takes me further back with this to, uh, as this is going on, with wrestling, it's always kind of strange. You get to, like, you always have people that, the good and the bad, like, they'll stay with the good no matter what, you'll have, and they'll hate the bad. But then you get some people that, they don't care, they like who they like, and whether they're good or bad. And, uh, that's kind of what happened with Farmer here. And, uh, it takes me then to the, uh, first Ashley McClure show we did under the CCW banner here, out at Harley when we debuted the first Farmer Billy Hills t-shirt. <laughs> yep. Everybody thought I was crazy about wanting to do this. I just, no one believed that we could sell a Farmer Billy Hills t-shirt and people would want to buy it. Now, what also somebody didn't believe in was himself when I told him I was like, hey, we're selling these out of the intermission. Come out there. Not only is that going to move shirts, we're going to make people that don't buy a shirt pay you to get a picture with you. And I remember telling Billy this, and he looked at me like I was crazy. It's kind of a humble thing, Lee. You know this. I don't think myself on that level yet, but you proved my ass wrong. Yes. And that's the thing. Is this, and I tell this to not, I've told this to a couple of indie guys. There's a business behind it. A lot of the fans, now, not everyone, because trust me, I deal with the meet and greets here, the front desk, as far as ticket sales, stuff like that, and I know how some people are, but there are a lot of people that understand that this business and the things that go on here, that that it's a source of income. You know, people respect, people are willing to pay, hey, we'll give you $5. You took, you took a picture, I'll give you $5. You can get out there. You put your life on the line. You entertained us. We appreciate that. We want to support you however we can. We'll pick up that T-shirt. We'll pick. We'll take that five-dollar photo. Now I do agree. Some of it is uh, getting uh, a little absurd. On a side note, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but there are two certain individuals, which I won't say the name on here, that have been announced for a heat on the the big uh, fan fest gathering. We'll say maybe around Labor Day weekend. Uh huh. That are charging like, I think both of them each was like, one of them was like $130, the other was like $140 each. No. Autograph. 
No. So we're not at that level with Farmer yet. No. We're not going to start selling that. I'm only about 40 bucks off from them. <laughs> yeah. That Hundo Green Pack, you bring it in here, you'll get that autograph and photo with Farmer. Mm-hmm. You don't but, get a shirt, though. That's the extra 40. Right, exactly. Or apparently a collector's cup. Yeah. But I didn't say that. Well, thanks to you, I mean, there actually is the collector's cups now because Lee has taught me so much just about this business side to the point to where now he gave me the I'm the Walmart of merch yeah, now. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> because uh, if there's one person that I can say that has taken my advice on this, it is Farmer. <laughs> and this man, like the Walmart of merch. So if you want anything Farmer related, you have Converse shoes. Mm-hmm. You have shirts, hats. Hoodies, yep. pictures, 8x10s. I, I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, I have Converse, Doc Martens. I have bath mats. I have shower curtains. I have bedding. I have pillows. I got pins. Um, like, I, I, I think I, the old lady won't let you have the shower curtain. <laughs> yeah, piss me off. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the one. That's the only one I want is that one. It's like maybe a bath mat one day, maybe that one, sure. But shower curtain, she's like, uh-uh. I'm like maybe if we put it on the inside, maybe. Can I get away with? It? She's like, uh-uh. nope, not happening. Damn it! But yeah, man, like, and that's just that's all thanks to you, just showing me that I did have some worth and that people would buy this stuff because I. That's just like a thing with me, and I still kind of is, but like I I know that I'm wrong. It's just kind of like I never just thought of myself at that level yet. I didn't think that I was ready. So you know when we give you that father-son lecture about why you quit charging people for a photo after that day? Oh, man, dadgummit. I'm, I'm ready for it. Just lecture me up because I know I deserve it because I, I kind of did. I did stop on that one, and I probably shouldn't have. Ugh. Oh, uh, I mean, don't feel bad. Uh, I actually, uh, our buddy Marco, I saw him this weekend, and every time I've seen him outside of here, it always seems, it, it never seems to amaze me. We'll end up somewhere and someone will come and ask him for a photo. And if I'm there, I will automatically tell them, hey, it's 10, it's, hey, it's $20. And uh, I don't know who looks more like off put by it, the fan or him. Yeah. Like, why are you char- telling, you know, but, hey, it, it's the business. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. And see, that, that was like the way that most of us think whenever it comes to that is and this is this is something that i've just seen is that if us as the performer don't have like our own photo equipment and uh standby which for those that don't know what the standby is some i actually call it a step through also which is like one of the nice photo backgrounds is if the performer doesn't have their own equipment to take the photo in front of a step through and print it off for them for X amount of money, then we shouldn't be charging said customer for a photo to take with their own phone. That's the way that I looked at it for like the longest. Me personally, I just got lazy. <laughs> because legit, thanks to Lee, like I give nobody else props to this but him. I have one of the longest merch lines at CCW, and I got to get that thing moving because intermission is only 15 minutes long. 
And I want to, it just goes back to it that I want to make sure every single person gets a piece of me. So I'm wanting to just pop, 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 go, 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 and just kind of keep the line moving. Mm -hmm. So doing that, that's just me kind of getting lazy and just kind of wanting to keep that line moving, keep the money flow technically coming through off shirts, photos, blah, blah, blah. Even though I know I'm losing money for every person who walks by and I'm not taking five for the photo. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this. I'm just still too lazy to get that one done. <laughs> just remember, every ten people is after fifty bucks. I know. McDonald's ain't cheap. I know. Dad at that dollar menu is getting so expensive. Is there even still a dollar menu? I don't think so. No, I think it's like one, two, and three dollars now. And the dollar one is only like a small freaking orange juice. <laughs> I think that's all on the dollar menu anymore. It's just small orange so, juice. Previous episode, I talked about going to Nashville for the Game Changer weekend down there. And uh, one of the things you talked about that made me think of that. I stopped at a couple different McDonald's. First off, I'm really mad at myself because I planned to go to cookout a whole weekend. I was there, and everywhere I ended up going, there was not a cookout close enough for me to travel to make it work. Oh, that so, sucks. Instead of it being a cookout weekend, it ended up being a McDonald's weekend. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Well, let me tell you. That's one place, like, I've never seen a price fluctuate so much from one restaurant to the other to the other. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Why did, why did a 20 piece McNugget put me in five bucks? Yeah. I mean, the only place I've seen it not five bucks really anymore is when I flew out of O'Hare in Chicago. Let me tell you, airport food is expensive. Yeah, because of the convenience of it. Right there, and you're waiting forever. For your flight, yeah. It makes me wonder, is TSA really here for our security? Or are they Hell here just to make no. sure to uh, cash crop everybody that doesn't want to go back through TSA and leave and go somewhere else? Ah, hell yeah, you know that's true. There ain't no flight delays for nothing. No, they just say that to where you have to stay there longer, give the airport more money, just keep it open. My last flight was delayed, I think, about an hour. And uh, they said the air conditioning quit working in it. And uh, they could try to get it fixed. It was amazing. It was an hour delay. I got on there. And it still wasn't fixed right. <laughs> so it's like, wait, you delayed my flight to fix the air conditioning. It's not fixed. And now we're still stuck dealing with it. And now we're on the plane right. having to deal with it. So you could have just let us fly the hour with no air conditioning to begin with. And I could have done been back in my apartment in the air conditioning. So it's just kind of like, you got to be kidding me here. Get your crap together, O'Hare. Jesus. So, I mean, I'm just kind of like, you got to be. You flown anywhere? Uh, no, I'm a driver. Like, and, and another thing is like, I know a lot of people do the flying thing as far as wrestling goes, mm-hmm. but... I'm still one of those guys to where I don't think I'm at that level to ask to be flown in places. So I still drive as much as I hate driving. Because, like, I go to, I make a Michigan trek a lot. Mm -hmm. That's 20 hours round trip in a car. That's literally 10 hours in a car. 10 hours there, 10 hours back. We're me and you were big dudes in little cars. Mm-hmm. Like that shit's for the birds. It is quite amazing to see how many smaller people will drive more luxurious vehicles and us big homies. We drive the 
The compact gas savers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I, my little Ford Focus is amazing. I mean, I drove to Tullahoma, Tennessee, to Nashville, to back to Cape, or Cape to Tullahoma, to Nashville, to back to Cape, but one thing to gas. So, yep. I mean, that's, you know, but uh, speaking of which, he's talking about Michigan. That reminds me, I got a story to tell you after we're done recording of a deal about a, a guy coming in the future. And the deal that he made us about his uh, call expenses, his uh, gas expenses, and willing and dealing the bookings. Huh. So remind me to tell you that story after we record this. Absolutely, because I definitely want to hear this. I love those stories. <laughs> and maybe if y'all come out to a CCW show and you come ask me that you you come ask me about the story you've heard on the podcast and you want to know more about it, come and find me. Let me know you listen. I may uh, I may give you some of that backstage scoop. Yeah, because trust me, there is actually quite a few stories that me and Lee we ain't talking about. So you want to know, you're going to have to come out and listen to those. Yeah, because I'm too lazy to set up one of them 900 numbers. Like, <laughs> in the 90s. One, call one of them? Nope. Mm-mm. No, because it was like, what, a dollar a minute? I'm like, no. Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know, it just seemed kind of strange to me. Even as a kid, like, we were more susceptible to believing things that may not necessarily be true. Yeah. Even at the time, I'm like, wait. Well, this person says they know secrets about uh, the WWF. Actually, I think I'd seen it. What made me think of that was uh, I'd seen a video on one of these deathmatch uh, Facebook groups I'm part of that had shared an old clip of ECW's uh, hotline advertisement. Mm-hmm. And it was Joey Styles, and they're talking about the secrets that the WWF doesn't want you to know. I have people in the locker room and in the front office and calling out, and I will let you know these details. So first off, you're telling me this. Second of all, you're telling me you're a snitch. Mm-hmm. And we don't like snitches. No, we don't do snitches here. Snitches definitely get their ass whipped. They <laughs> get stitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Okay, so like I said earlier, we put this out on the social media advertise. You're probably the only person that I put out really in a timely manner to really advertise and see what questions people had for you. And uh, if you're ready, I'm ready to ask you these questions. Let's let's do this. I'm I'm anticipating what some of these people come up with. So I was going to ask these in certain orders and stuff like that, but uh, this one I seen posted on here. I guess it was posted yesterday, and since I've seen it, I can't quit thinking about it. It's a two part question, oh, and I'm going to let you answer the first part first. Okay. And it's if you can be in the ring with one wrestler, who would it be? And that was asked by Justin Raymer. Okay, so that would easily be Stan Hansen in New Japan in his heyday. Nice. Yeah. I'm talking full-blown heyday. He is rocking and rolling over in Japan in the ring, be it across from it or tagging with him. Mm -hmm. I uh, I want to get Stan Hansen here. Sames. But he's a little out of the budget. Ouch. I'm just gonna. That sucks. I'm gonna show you something and put a K behind it. K5, baby. That's uh, what it takes for him to come in. And I was like, yeah, that's not in the budget. Totally fair. You may have to be working for free for that yeah. to happen. <laughs> I, I don't care for that one. Yeah. Now, the other half of this question, no. this may be one of the best questions you've ever been asked. Oh. Uh... Justin says, now my serious question. 
Why is it your finisher named the Crop Duster? <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that one got me. <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh dang it. All right, that one might have broke me a little bit. That's why I started with it first. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know now. Now it kind of needs to be. I, or I need to make up something to where I can use that. <laughs> because, like, the technically, like, the power slam is the Kentucky Stampede. Mm-hmm. Because it's just basically just, you know, the different name in front of Stampede. Um, and the Lariat, like, I will never rename it anything else besides exactly what it is. You know, Sam Hansen called Lariat. It's a freaking Lariat. So I don't really have anything else. I got well, I mean, it's, it's good to call it the Lariat. I mean, it'd be kind of corny if you called it the clothesline from hell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I could think would be calling it like a haymaker. Mm-hmm. But that's technically a punch, so can't really quite do that either. So, I don't know. It's just I could easily probably change the Lariat to the Crop Duster, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop laughing now anytime I say it. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. That is probably the best one I've ever got. That is amazing. Thank you for that one. Now I'm going to answer a question on top of that. Oh how shit! How's it going to be until we have a crop, uh, crop duster uh, merchandise shirt? I can probably have one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I already have ideas. <laughs> I do. I already have ideas. Dang of it! This is not fair. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't ready. That good. Man. Yeah, I mean, the next one we have is uh, from Caleb Carter. He asked, "How did you come up with the Farmer Billy Harold's character?" I didn't. Uh-uh. Wasn't me. I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. Um, whenever I first started training and everything back home, of course, you know, pay per views were still a thing mm-hmm. at the time. So you know, it was always get together. And watch them kind of deal, make expenses, you know, not as bad. So, um, it's me, my training partner, our trainer, and Osby from here. Um, we're all in, you know, my living room and everything. And for the most part, like, I just kind of like got off like a real job that I had at that time, um, before I started doing this. And I was in, coveralls you know flannel type deal um and my trainer had you know started talking like you know it's getting about that time you guys need to start thinking about you know what you're going to be out there and i was just like man i always wanted somebody to you know play you know a, a hillbilly character and you know instead of them being you know like a hillbilly just flip the names around billy hills from that day till we're talking now, that's been it. So, yeah, it wasn't even me. Somebody else. One of the questions else that gets on here is kind of your origins and stuff like that, how you got into the business. Who trained you? Uh, Tim Robertson. He went by Tank. He is unfortunately no longer with us. He has uh, unfortunately since passed away. Um, he lived in the same town that I did. And once social media started kind of becoming a thing, like MySpace pretty much was the first one, uh, it was through there. 
uh, found a company 30 minutes away from me in Dyersburg, Tennessee called New Blood Wrestling. They ran out of the Jukebox Cafe. They, it was kind of like a very large dance floor, vaulted ceilings and everything. So they were able to put a ringing up and for the most part, kind of leave it up. Um, so we've, we found that, went to a show, seen everybody who was there and then kind of, you know, started doing the MySpace search for people. And Tim was on there. And at that time, you couldn't really kind of like fake where you lived come up with like clever shit or whatever. So it had that he lived in Crothersville, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. There's no way somebody lives in like five minutes up the road from me. So pretty much sliding his DMs like, hey, me and a friend of mine, we've always wanted to do this. What's up with some training? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, I've, Train anybody that you've seen over there in that new blood roster, basically. <laughs> went, huh. Because it was a pretty good freaking show. Right. Because they had a good mixture of, like, greenhorns and vets and everything else. And Tim was one of those. And met up on a Wednesday and was riding the rain that night. Just, let's see, what do we start First thing was just basic shoulder rolls. Then we did, you know, your back bumps and everything else. So, yeah, it was just weird, awkward MySpace stalking. <laughs> as awkward as it was, that's exactly what it was. It was just MySpace stalking, basically. Found somebody just in my hometown, and he wasn't a dick. Yeah. So That's got the got lucky. In the wrestling business. Let me yeah, you, there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah, and, and didn't want to charge like three grand to get some crappy training because I'd found that too. I won't say that name, but he's been here before. I'll tell you. I'll tell you about okay. that one after. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. I don't want to name names, but they have worked for CCW before. I mean, at one point he was even a tag team partner of mine. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Back in November. I can't remember that far back. That's fine. I'm sitting here trying to think. I'm like, don't worry. It'll uh, it'll come to you very quickly as soon as I tell you the thing okay. when all this is over with. Yeah, but no, that's kind of how like everything started for me it was just awkward MySpace stalking. Tim wasn't a dick, and that was on a Sunday that we had that conversation. Following literally the following Wednesday. Right in the ring, and it's never looked back. Okay. Bob Clubs asked, uh, who's your original inspirations and who inspires you now? Um, my original inspiration to even watch this was a VHS box. Yeah, I, yeah, see that look right there that you just gave me? Like, the hell? Yeah. And I was maybe seven, eight years old back home, and they had a, uh, like a video store, you know, that you go in and rent movie stuff. And they had, um, on the new release section, they had just a humongous, like, VHS box with just this jacked, blonde-headed dude draped in the American flag, Fu Manchu, crazy snarl on his face. And it was for, like, a Hulkamania, like, box, like, mm -hmm. best of kind of thing that they had done. 
And I was just enthralled with it. Like, I, I want that. <laughs> like, I want that for this weekend. They're like, really? You want that? Like, yeah, I want that. That, I want that. So, they're like, all right. We'll get it. It's fine. And I, I never stopped watching mm-hmm. from then on because... On Saturday mornings, uh, there was always like a loud ruckus coming from my living room and everything. It was normally kind of what would wake me up. And I never knew what it was because I never really kind of were like coming out there at that time because back then, during that time, everything was still real. But I did not know this, that my great-grandparents that raised me watched wrestling. Mm-hmm. So whenever we were in that video store and I picked out wanting to watch wrestling, they were like, really? So before them even introducing me to Memphis wrestling on Saturdays, I picked it out myself. And then they started like waking me up in time to start watching wrestling with them. And mm-hmm. I've just never looked back. See, that's one of those things like, I still try to draw it out here on the map, but we don't have a map here. Even though we grew up rather close to one another and didn't know each other, I didn't get Memphis wrestling. My real experience in Memphis wrestling was uh, the two uh, USWA shows they did at Crothersville at the boat. Mm-hmm. Casino Aztar. Yep. Yep. And then the show they would do at... Uh, Poplar Bluff at the... No. Nope. The, at Kennett at the arena. Or not the arena. The Armory. Yep. Yeah. So that was my only real experience to uh, Memphis Wrestling Feller Cable. We were right on the cutoff, right past it. Yeah. And uh, we didn't get Channel 5. Yep. We only got Channel 24 out of Memphis. Yeah. Which the cable was weird because they put it on Channel 2. But, um, so I didn't really... I know a lot of people here, they come up in the business, like they talk about Memphis Wrestling. Except I didn't... Just short of that, so like... I knew who, like, Spellbinder and stuff like that was. Yeah. Lawler, Gilbert, and them. But it wasn't something that really just kind of grew up and stayed with it. So it's kind of interesting to always hear people with with Memphis Wrestling and things like that. Because it's just kind of like, I know I've been to shows down south. And uh, when they they bring in some of these Memphis guys, and and the crowd pops, and I'm the only one just sitting there thinking, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, and that and like that that's totally totally fair because I mean that's that was not something you could control, right? Uh, like that you can't control the internet or like the cable company back then. So like definitely understandable like why you really wouldn't know some of those guys. Um, but I was right in a prime like pretty much location for it. So like it was always Saturday mornings WMC TV five. Dave Brown and uh, man, just some real fun memories because you've seen a lot of like WWF guys come through there, mm-hmm. like The Rock came through there, and so like Undertaker, Kane, like all those guys came through there, and then before you knew it, you seen them on Monday night. It was just like weird for the most part, but. Yeah, like USWA, they would come into Crothersville, they would go to Kennett, they would go to the Black River Coliseum over in Poplar Bluff, 
I don't know that they ever came up here to Cape because Cape was still kind of territory that they didn't really want to touch, I guess. And I don't know if that was because of like ACW and uh, you know the Pafos and whatnot. But I don't I don't know them ever coming up this way. I know a couple did, but that didn't last like we have. Right. Yeah, I mean, running wrestling in Missouri, it's it's, it's hard and expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hard and expensive. But no, for us, like, we didn't even, like, there was a time, like, WWF didn't even, like, hit our cable. Yeah. So, like, we lost to WWF in, like, 92, whenever Superstars quit running on a local Fox affiliate. Right. And then, I think it was Superstars. It could have been something else. But anyways. No, I think so, you're right. Wherever the whole point where that was gone, and then uh, when WGN brought that Livewire show. Yeah. You know, the Forgotten Livewire. But, uh. We would watch, I could watch it. But after that, it went away until like April of 98 after uh, WrestleMania 14. Yeah. And then the cable company started carrying USA. So I finally got to get caught up. But I grew up in NWA WCW. Yeah, because that did air up this way. That did. Yep. It, it was, uh, what was it? Saturday, or was it Power Hour? Power? Because there was Saturday night. And then there was WCW Pro Wrestling. But Saturday mornings... Oh, man, what was that? I thought it was the Power Hour, but I could be completely wrong. No, I don't I don't think you're wrong. Let me bring up the Google machine. Because there was... Was it just WCW, like, Saturday night? Yeah, it was WCW Saturday night. It's uh, 5.05. Yeah. Unless you're listening on the East Coast, so it was, you always do it at 6.05, but for us here, it's 5.05. And then they had it Sunday night. And then their syndicate was WCW Worldwide. Right. Let's see this one. They're just showing it as uh, WCW Saturday night. That's the only one they're showing. They're, yeah, but there was WCW Worldwide, Thunder, Nitro, Main Event, Saturday Night, uh, WCW Pro. That's pretty much like all that they're showing. Okay. I can't remember what that show was called. It came like 8 or 9 in the morning. Uh, let's see. Here's WCW Worldwide, Thunder, Nitro, Main Event, Saturday Night, WCW Pro. And then it goes into like your Georgia Championship Wrestling, Clash of Champions, AWA. goes into all those. I miss Clash of Champions. That was a good pay-per-view. I love that pay-per-view. It's really good, which I know that WWE does the Night of Champions and everything now, where you know it's champion versus champion. They kind of keep that lineage going, but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed that though. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, for me growing up, like that was the thing. It was good. It gave you the uh, the feel of it being a pay per view, and it wasn't a pay per view. So it was just like, you know. Uh, because we're a girl, we didn't have pay-per-view options, so what ended up happening is my mom, she would uh, go and uh, her friends at work would tape it, and then they would build up the tapes, and then she'd let them borrow and I could get to watch them. Yeah. Which uh, I'll never forget, uh, in that time, when we were doing that, they started doing WF pay-per-views, and I got a hold of one that was a life-changing one, and it was... Uh, I remember right, it was ECW Living Dangerously. Which year? I want to say 98. Could have been. And uh, Shane Douglas 
Was wasn't that like the first one? The first. No, the first was barely legal. Was it okay? Okay. Uh, I always get those mixed up somehow. Uh. I think it was Living Vegas, but he, whichever one it was that had Shane Douglas cut his infamous promo against Ric Flair. Where I he, think that was Living Dangerously. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, my mom was in the kitchen cooking, and uh, she heard that, and she was not very happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mama Lee don't take no shit. <laughs> not even off the TV. <laughs> she was like, nope, nope. At that point in time, like I fell in love with this alternative style of wrestling. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is like the best thing ever. And then, um, as this started growing more in popularity, I had the video games, stuff like that. And then, we had, growing up back home, one of the greatest stores of all time, On Cue. Yeah, On Cue, yes, I remember those. On Cue, then it changed to Sam Goody. But yeah, On Cue in the good old Kennett, Missouri. Yep, they uh they would carry your ECW, your XPW, your Backyard Wrestling one through five, and the Backyard Babes one and two. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Yep. Uh, then they started carrying the Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Right. They started carrying those too. Whenever that kind of would be a thing, once or twice a year at that time, like they were carrying it all. And then. Also carrying, which was another life changer, which evolved into my current interest of wrestling today. This nice little company called FMW Frontier yeah. Martial Arts Wrestling. Yep, yep. I was gonna let you talk about that one. Like I wasn't gonna bring that one up because I know that one's a favorite of yours. Oh man, some of the classics, the headhunters, of course, the Mike Awesome over there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Cactus Jack, Harry Funk, uh, Leatherface. Yep, I, I didn't want to bring a Leatherface unless you did because that one was one of my favorites. I like Leatherface a lot, but of course I was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan too. So then to see that Leatherface character like in wrestling, I'm like, oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> I can't remember who Leatherface teamed with, but I remember one of them, uh, they fought the Headhunters. Do you know the Headhunters? Uh, I, I remember him, but I'm trying to remember who uh, Leatherface's tag team partner was. That gummit. It was either Freddy or Jason. I, I really, I don't remember. Because it was just a one-off. They didn't really do it anymore after that. Because I always remember Leatherface pretty much being on his own or just tagging with some rando. Because was it Doug Gilbert? Yes. I don't remember which one though. Oh, was it one of Tracy Smothers? Um, Tracy, if I remember him telling me the story right, I want to say one time he was Jason. Okay. Because I asked him about that the very first time I ever met him in a locker room. I asked him about that. And I remember correctly, I want to say he said he was Jason. And I want to say he said that uh, Eddie was Freddie. Because he's like, that shit's funny as hell, so you're playing Freddy. Eddie Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, dang it. But if that was just like one-off things for those guys. Like there was somebody else they were talking about being like consistently in one of those, but I cannot remember like 
who the Japanese guy oh, was. I, I thought it was Doug Gilbert. No, it, it wasn't my uncle. No, it wasn't him. Uh, Wait, what? I've told you this before. Your uncle's Doug Gilbert? Him and Eddie both. But see, I don't. I could have swore I've told you about that, but I don't let just too many people know that because I don't want to mooch off the name. What little bit that there might be of it, I'm doing this on my own. So I just could have swore I've told you that before. I'm going to make sure it's every, pro, every promo. Oh, Jesus that, Christ. Uh, <laughs> From now on. Well, here's my thing. It's like, I wonder why, why Doug Gilbert continuously dodges me. This man... You're I mean, fucking scary, Lee. Oh. <laughs> I've been trying to get a picture with this guy since 2012. He's ducking you, huh? He's been ducking me. I've talked to Jason about it. i talked to Burt Prentice about it. Mm. And I talked to uh, Brett Lauderdale, the guy from Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah. And I had done it last weekend against a Lancer. God, I love Mance Warner. But, uh, every time, like, he does his match and he leaves. Gotta get your shit in, get out. I mean, he's not trying to set gimmicks or anything. Like, he just doesn't go. I'm like, and that just amazes me, because I put so much of the music business with the wrestling business, and it's like, you get your payday, but the payday only goes so far, and your greenbacks come from the merchant and the meet and greets and stuff like that. Bingo. And you don't have that with him. No, I don't. Like, I know at... One point, like, Dougie was doing the whole, like, car business stuff, mm-hmm. which is kind of like how most of the old Memphis guys are making money now is through car sales and stuff like that. So I know he's been really, like, focusing on that. Like, he'll still do, you know, his wrestling paydays on the weekends and stuff like that, but he's just he's been running car dealership and everything out of Jackson. So, which I think he even, like, at one point, he was helping Wolfie D, which I know Wolfie D is still selling cars right now. You know, he is helping him do that at one point, too. And Wolfie is still selling cars right now. He's almost, like, completely white, clean, clear of his wrestling career almost to him like it never happened. So he's just selling cars permanently now. Kind Can you of imagine did. how he lost his wrestling career? <sighs> no idea. That's another story for that. Yeah, that's another podcast. That's the when we're both retired from the business and everybody, you know, hates us even more than what they already do. Mm-hmm, so, pretty much. So back to so we got a couple of these questions left. Uh, favorite wrestling story asked by Brent Gravitt. <laughs> um, it, it always pops into my head first whenever uh somebody asked about a favorite wrestling story. Uh, the very first time that I ever worked for Burt Prentice, uh, he had a couple of the uh, midget wrestlers from, uh, what is that, midget, what's that, what is that little midget wrestling company that runs around here? I think there was like extreme midget wrestling and yeah. midget wrestling federation. And- yeah, it was, it was a couple of those guys from from that. He had them on the show. It's just, you know, your sideshow carnival act, because that's exactly where this was. It was at a festival. And uh him and another guy named Oz, they needed to uh you know, they needed to ride to Walmart to get some gimmicks and everything for later on that night during the matches and whatnot. I'm like, fuck, I need some shit too. Let's let's go. Get in the car. 
So as we're, we, we get there now, I kind of have to say this before I start telling the stories is this, this midget person, his name was, he went by Hollywood is what he went by. Um, pretty much sleeve tattoos, head full of hair and a goatee. You could clearly tell he was not a small child by any means. Now onto the story. <laughs> we get to Walmart, we park, start walking towards the door, just like in the movie Star Wars. <laughs> Doors open. As soon as we step in, Oz punches Hollywood, work punches him, punches him. Hollywood for some reason just fucking sells it. I don't get it, but he did it. <laughs> and then Oz picks Hollywood up. Pulls a shopping cart out and puts him in the kitty seat and says, You sit your little ass there before I tell your mother on you. And we start proceeding to walk around Walmart while he is still sitting in the little kid's seat. And we're getting gimmicks for later on. Uh, I was like, Hey, this has been fun, but I really got to go take a piss. So we help him out. He goes to the bathroom and everything. We're like, just meet us at the register because we're going to get this last little bit. Then we're going to get the hell out of here. Like, all right, cool. That's fine. So we get the last, uh, you know, little cookie sheets, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we head up front. Hollywood comes and finds us. Whenever he comes and finds us, you know, like you can get like the large stacks of, like craft cheeses and stuff. His little arms. I was for I'm sure this is probably more that he could actually carry. Uh had about twenty to thirty of them. He was just carrying them. He didn't have like a basket. You know, like like just a little hand basket like the little blue ones. Didn't have that. He uh didn't have like a shopping cart. No. He was carrying just hunks and stacks of craft cheese single slices. And he walks up there next to us, and we just look down like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? Like, just put it up there. Like, I don't know what the hell you're planning on doing, you freaky little dude. Whatever, just, you know, put it on the belt whenever we get ready. So, it finally gets on turn. Put the cookie sheets and everything else up there. Make it look like we're having a barbecue, even though we're not. And we're like, all right, put your. What? Where the fuck did all the cheese go? He's just standing there. Cheese ain't on the belt. Nowhere. We look behind us, and he had dumped, like, every single one of these cheese packages after he had opened up, like, four or five of them, opened them to where they would slide out, had dumped them in an old lady shopping cart behind us. Yes, he had opened up a few and had just opened and just threw them in her basket and was just standing there like he didn't do shit. Uh, that was one of just my favorite. And the, I don't know what that old lady did. I have no idea because we checked that real fist and we dipped quickly because we did not, didn't want no interactions with that old lady. 
whatsoever because I don't know if she ever seen it because she wasn't paying like much attention to anything around her at right. all. He had somehow just dumped them in her cart without her knowing whatsoever, opened up a few and it just threw them in there too. How she didn't catch on to this, I don't know. I don't know what they ever did because we left in a hurry. But that's always just one of my favorite stories is just seeing Hollywood that's literally like four foot one with an armful of cheeses up to his eye level just standing there like a small freaking child. And then as we get ready to check out, there's just, he just don't have cheese no more. <laughs> and he had dumped them all in just that old lady's just shopping cart and just left her to him. I don't know why that's one of my favorites because I have so many, but it's always the first one that comes to mind. I've only been to Midget Wrestling one time. I was down in Nashville at the time, and uh, I was hanging with a couple friends of mine, Jana and Swan, who are loyal listeners to the podcast. So shout out to Jana, shout out to Rebecca Swan. Thanks for checking us out, listening to us here. But uh, we all went to uh, Midget Wrestling at this bar. And, uh, let me tell you, it was intense. Yeah. Like, but intermission came around, and there was this, uh, larger, when I say larger, I mean probably the size of me and you put together, lady, uh, was sitting in the chair, intoxicated. Chair or chairs? If probably, she's bigger than me and you. Probably chairs. <laughs> They kind of disappeared when she sat in them. Hmm. Yep, chairs, multiples. And then uh, she was pretty well intoxicated. She looked passed out to me. Next thing I do, or I see, is I see this little dude start climbing her like a mountain to start making out with her. And we all just lose it. We all just start cracking up laughing. We're like... Alrighty then. <laughs> and... Uh, we're just kind of like, oh, well, okay, that's different, but good for you. Good on you, little man. <laughs> the night we all took the group photo at the side of the ring, and it's still kind of crazy to stand on the floor and be taller than the ring and the competitors. But yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, it's definitely something I wouldn't mind to go back to. I know they came here probably a year or so ago, but... Dude, they're always up over there in Marion, Illinois. They're always just right across the river. Like, I think they're having one in, like, a month or two. Isn't like, in Heron or somewhere? Yeah. Like yeah. They're always up around here. Because they make a freaking killing. It sells out. I, uh, I was kind of curious, uh, I did some looking on the calendar and stuff like that as far as the state goes, and, uh, I was kind of curious to see when they came here if they'd have to go through all the, it would be considered a comedy show if they would actually consider it a sport. That's and a good point. according to the state, it's considered a sport here. Still, Yeah. Yeah, so they had to have their license, promotion, bonded, reach wrestler, blood work, physical, license. Dang, that kind of sucks. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense why you see more and more of them on the Illinois side. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's been up there a lot. Like, I've seen it hot and heavy the past, like, three years. Mm-hmm. It's just like every other month or two, like, they're putting them out there. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, it's just crazy. I guess there's good money, too, because look at the ticket prices. They're not cheap. Mm-mm. No, by no means. And they sell out. Mm-hmm. 
that's even weirder part. But I mean, I guess just people like their sideshows. So can we get ready to wrap this up here? Because I know you've got stuff to do. Get ready for your big, uh, big tag match with the perfect ten. Yeah. Which anytime I hear anybody say anything about ten, automatically I think of the scene from Varsity Blues. Ten. Not nine point five, but ten. <laughs> and uh, so, what does the future hold for you? What does the future hold for Farmer Billy Hill? Uh, and I don't mean walking out the door and going back to what you're doing before. I can't bother you to come up here. Oh, so not telling you that I gotta go take a shit? Yeah, not that. Okay. Surpass that. All right. So past that, I'm looking to get out of the United States. I want to go to Canada. I want to go to Australia. Uh, UK would be great. That is my goal. I wouldn't go to Mexico. You may not get back. Yeah, I, I, that's not a goal. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to deal with ice. I'm good. I don't want to deal with none of that. That's where I want to go. Somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. I send me to Canada, UK, Australia. I can get back from there pretty easy. Have you made any? Uh, put any leg work on it? You have a passport yet? Uh, I am actually working on getting on the passport. Uh, I got the photo and everything done. I just got to get, like, the paperwork, the booklet, and everything else. I just got to get that done, get it sent off, because I know it takes about a month to get it all back mm-hmm. and everything. I know that takes some time, and I am and have been talking with a guy over in Australia. It's just, it's, you know, just like any business, it's a money thing. Right. You know, and... I'm just, I'm doing everything that I can to just kind of, you know, like meet them halfway. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I want, you know, to have that checked off that I did something, you know, out of country that's not attached to us. I was going to say, did you talk to Ethan when he was here a couple months ago about it? Did you know he books up there for, was it Alpha One? Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that he did Alpha One, honestly. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he booked for them. Mm-mm. I'd reach out to him and say, I'm going to get first step. Yeah, it would be. And and I know that, like, KLD goes up north, like, mm-hmm. real often. Like, he does month treks and everything up there for, like, a month-long tour, so. Shout out to KLD. Yes. Good dude. Good dude. Really. One, probably one of the nicest people. Uh, I'll tell a KLD story on here. You know, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in out, in and out of the ring. Like, I have nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, I've taken the time we went to the Glory Pro show. And, uh, I, if you get me out to actually go to a show these days, I've got to be a pretty big fan of somebody. And for that show, it was probably their first or second time they had brought in Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Who's now pretty much a regular Orndor champ their for champ. them now. Yeah, yeah. so this recording it is their champ. So, anyways, I've met KLD and stuff. You know, we've had him down here a bunch and everything, and... We become acquaintances and stuff like that. And uh, we kind of rode up there with uh, Marco and Jason. And because Marco had a booking up there against uh, MGF, which I hate that guy. But that's neither here nor there. <coughs> Anyways, so they're getting ready to leave. And uh, Kingston did not come out of intermission. And uh, so I walk around talking. And I ran to see go over, walk over where Kennedy's at. And I was talking to him, he's like, thanks for coming out and making trips. I came in, you know, glad to enjoy the show and stuff like that. Um, I got a question for you. We're getting ready to head out. Um, does Eddie not come out and meet people? And he's like, oh, he usually comes out at the end of the show. I was like, and he, he's like, oh, man, yeah, that kind of sucks because we're going to have to leave when Mark will be back. 
and I was hoping to meet Eddie before uh, grab a pick with him before I left. And he's like, "Huh? Watch my merch stand. Make sure nobody steals anything." And he goes off to the back. Nobody confused me for KLD. Nobody came up and asked for an autograph or a picture. I don't know why. It's such bullshit. I know, right? <laughs> so he next thing you know, he goes back. He's gone probably like four or five minutes. He starts coming back. Falling right behind him was Eddie. He didn't just go get Eddie on back. He brought he had Eddie. He got Eddie over to us. He introduced me. Uh they shook my hand, we talked for a second, he grabbed a pick. Abe left. He went to the back. Yeah. KLD made this where he would come out to meet me. Take a pick. He didn't have to do that. And I'm one of these people. I come from the hardcore scene. You know, it's about respect. It's about taking care of people. And I don't care what anybody says about it. I've got nothing but love for KLD. He went out of his way to do something for me that... Most people would not have done. So, for that, I'll always be grateful for KLD for that. And if he ever needs anything, he knows he can reach out. But, uh, like I said, nothing but a great dude. 10 out of 10 in my book. But, uh, yeah, I know he does uh, travel up there as well. Uh, do you stay in contact with Greg Iron? Uh, he works a lot up for, uh, for, uh, Ethan at Alpha One. At Alpha One. I may actually have to reach out to Gregory and see. Uh, we just reach out to both, actually. Because, yeah, I, did, I, did, I just I didn't know that Ethan was kind of like the book there for Alpha One. I had no idea. Um, because I, I hadn't really, like, because Alpha One's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready for, like, that yet. Oh, you are. See, that's, I knew that shit was coming, but see, that's where in my head, I'm not there yet. But that's in my head. But, um. You got to believe in yourself. I know, and that's a problem. Always has been. I know this, Lee, damn it. But, uh, yeah, now, now you that. See all these trash baggers that make it to WWE, make it to Ring of Honor, make it to Impact. <laughs> yeah. And you're better than most of them. I know. And you don't think that you can start hitting the circuit more? Yeah, no. you know, it sounds you know it sounds like you're making waves down in uh down in uh Arkansas. It's not oh, Odyssey; it's somewhere else. Right? It's Pocahontas now. Pocahontas yeah. Now. So you know, and yeah, we <laughs> we are doing some pretty big things down that way for sure. Like the Arkansas had an athletic commission, like Missouri does. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Uh, very first show now since this has been gone. Uh, yeah, we're we're doing some big crazy stuff now. So yeah, that that scene's blown back up. Luckily, um, yeah, we, <laughs> last night was super fun. So you're doing good things there. You're doing good things across the river, Stride. Yep. So I mean, I I know you're a top talent wherever you go. So I don't know what's holding you back from hitting the road more. Me, me, these towns. Me thinking I'm not ready. It's all me. It's my fault. Nobody else's. Because I just, you know me, man. I'm too humble. I'm just, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Even though I've been doing this since like 2011. You guys give me a great platform here in high profile matches all the time. And I still think that I don't deserve those. 
Like, that's just, like... I need to start seeing... That's what I need to see from you in 2019 going into 20. I need to see you in more places. Um, You're friends with the Powerbomb guy on the independentwrestling.tv. Yeah. I need to see you on more of these promotions. I need to see you on Anarchy. I need to see you up in Black Label Pro. You know, I need... To, we need to see more of Billy Hills out there. Because I want to see what... I want people to see what I see in you. And I want you to see what I see in you. Yeah, I really need to. Because I don't... I, I just feel like I'm just you a know, dude. You gotta <laughs> your worth. You gotta start... Hitting that pay window, but yeah. at the same time, don't forget where you got your big. Where I got that come from, so, right? <laughs> payroll budget, so you try to go payroll. <laughs> I would never do that, Lee. But um, like I said, uh, that's what I want to see. Late nineteen, early twenty. I want to see you making these towns. You know, I want to see you anywhere and everywhere we can, because that, that's where we need to be, or that's where you need to be, and that's where I want to see you at. Oh, no, there is definitely a we, man. It's been me and you since day one, damn it, as far as this goes. Yeah, yeah. Because I know you weren't a fan at first, but after that first show, you was ready to go. <laughs> you was ready to go after that, because you well, seemed yeah, like, this some bitch is crazy, I like him. <laughs> it was kind of one of those things that was like, well... Whether or not I'm gonna like this guy or not, it looks like I'm gonna be the one that's has to be the uh, the, the craziness of it all. So <laughs> yep. make sure that you know I'm already chasing down to have to apologize and. Mm-hmm. Yep, you, you get know, to be my guy to uh, take care of my problems. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I don't understand. It's like people see you and they see me, and I don't understand why people don't see that you're the mean one and I'm the nice one. I don't. I don't know. You know. I think it's because you don't have any facial hair. Actually, that is uh, one of the comments on there that Mookie guy put on the picture. He was like, why does this look like a before and after shave commercial? <laughs> I did remember that comment. Yeah, why does this look like a before and after? <laughs> like, well. So where can everybody find you at? Uh, I am pretty much on any no, social no, media. I want your physical address and phone number. Now. Oh, yeah. you. I put that in DMs for you. You got that. Uh, yes, I'm pretty much Twitter, FBHO5, Instagram, same thing, uh, Facebook, search Billy Hills, um, gaming, even, just find me on there, FBH2005 on Xbox, PlayStation, hit me up, I'll play some rounds with you if we play the same thing, uh, let me see, Snapchat, I hit up that machine to do some promos there, too, sometimes, I've kind of been slacked off lately, because... Snapchat, this, I don't know. I get too hyped up in the filters. That's totally fair. Do the whole dog tongue mm-hmm. thing, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm even a uh, FBH 2005 on that machine too. Um, I got a physical merchandise store on my like page on Facebook. Which is uh, the farmer Billy Hills? You can see the logo photo there. I have a physical store there that you can purchase all the stuff that we mentioned earlier: shirts, shoes, flip flops, anything pretty much under the moon. Like if you don't see it there, nine times out of ten, I can get it. I am the Walmart of merch. That is right. I'm still waiting for the farmer thong. Sadly, I have them. Like, you have it for sale or you bought 
I have them for sale. I can publish them up to my Etsy and actually have them for sale for 15 bucks. There you go. I actually have, it's the Billy Club logo. Make sure everybody, you hit up those uh, socials and tell them that you're wanting to purchase the uh, farmer thong on there. Yep, I can make it happen. So, before we go, one thing that you said something in there, and it kind of made me think, because I've been thinking about this for a while, and I want to get your opinion on it. Yeah. I look at how uh, certain wrestlers do things, and then from kind of what gets them bigger bookings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done it. You started back doing it recently, and I want to see more of it. And I want to know kind of your feelings on it and uh, why not more people are doing it. And that is uh, video promos. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I look at this roster here at Cape Championship Wrestling, and we have a lot of great talent here. However, one of the things that I think are missing is we need more talent cutting video promos to hype up. I look at companies like an AAW and stuff like that, and uh, how they're cut, their talent are cutting videos and promotions. Yeah. And our talent's just not doing that the way it should. So what do you think's going on with that? Where do you think that the lag falls with it? And what are we going to do to get this going again? I, I think they're too scared. Because us as performers, like, we we live and die pretty much on a razor's edge. As far as, you know, this business goes. And I think they're too afraid to walk it. I think they're just ready to just stand there. And they're not wanting to take more steps out on that blade, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're afraid that, well, they're going to get cut too deep. I don't care. I'll sit there. Give me a mic. Give me this one that I'm holding here, and I'm going to use it. I never shut up. So anytime, like, hey, can you do this? Yep. <laughs> yep, daggum skippy. Like, you give me that platform, I'm going to use it to get myself and whoever else I'm facing, you know, I'm going to do everything in that that I can to get it over. Like, that's what it takes five seconds to turn that camera on. Why not? Exactly. You can cut a promo while you take a shit. I've cut a promo while I was taking a shower. Legit, the only thing you could see was like my arms. And then you heard the shower running and me talking. I legit took one mm-hmm. in my shower talking shit about my opponent. Because it, it was a debut. Like nobody had ever seen me in this company or even this state at that time. And I didn't want them to see who I was. I didn't want them to physically see me up mm-hmm. until, you know, that show. So they're like, hey, can you do a you know a video for us? Yeah, sure. So I did it in my shower. It doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that much. Right. It's just it takes having the guts to just do it and then do it again. And then again, you just got to get comfortable doing this because talking this like this, like you and I are, it's a thing you're gonna have to do it you're gonna have to do interviews you're gonna have to talk in front of crowds you're going to have to do it in such a fashion to where you guys are i hope now comfortable enough to where if tv ever asked to send somebody to them to talk and put something over that you can be called upon because they know you're a good talker and you can do it and you can represent the company in a good you know in a good eyesight at least exactly. and people are I feel they're just too scared to do it 
I'm not. Never have been. I will always run my mouth. Babyface heel, I will never shut up. Because that's one thing I took away from uh, Steve Austin, Stone Cold. Some advice he gave out was never shut up. I don't shut up. Nope. I always use any platform I can to run my mouth. <laughs> any shout outs or any uh, anything you'd like to promote coming up? Or? Oh, just shout out to Big Lee's World. That's right. That's the biggest. Shout out to the Big Lee's World. I already put myself over enough with the merch, all the socials. So just shout out to you, man, Thank for you. just being awesome, doing this, letting well, me be on it. I'm just glad that you actually let me be a part of it as much fucking headaches as I've given you in the past. <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, I mean, this is what I signed up for, so I'm right there with you. That's totally fair. Whatever comes out with the website. Oh, man. Uh, pretty much two grand in medical bills kind of put that on a hiatus. Yeah, back whenever that back injury of mine happened. So anything I had saved up pretty much had to go into paying that debt off. Yeah. So um, right now it's just, you know, building that back up. And I still have Jonathan uh, who's still ready, willing, and able to do it. Uh, just pretty much just saving up just to get that back done. I mean, I know that there's plenty of, like, free little tidbit whatever is out there that I could do it myself. But... I don't like them. I've tried them all, and I'm just like, mm, that's just too basic for me. Right. Like, I, you know me. I don't do basic. Whenever I do it, I go as big and as hard as I humanly can. Like, I'm just not some basic. Play okay that Starbucks couple around with you? Bingo. I ain't no basic bitch. So, like, I'm, I'm waiting to get something nicer done. Like, I, I look at the Young Bucks site the most, and I see all the merch, the store, and everything else they have, and that's what I strive for, is what they have for uh, their personal website and everything. So that's what I want. I don't want something I can make off Wix or, you know, all those other, like, GoDaddies and everything else. I don't want that. No, I need something a little bit better than that, and I want to dish out the right money for it. Mm-hmm. So right now it's just, you know, building all the funds back up again after you know paying uh two grand worth of you know medical bills off and then you know tack on the knee surgery and everything else and neck surgery too tacking all those making sure those debts are paid off it's just kind of on hold but i'm hoping that by end of 2020 maybe early 2020 actually get that in the store actual actual store up and running that's the goal so fingers crossed like i said i got nothing but faith in you much love for doing this i appreciate it thanks to everybody who listened to this make sure you like this episode you share it with all your friends hit up the socials give us a like on the facebook at big lee's world give us a follow on twitter and instagram at big lee 756 if you've got any questions, comments, feedback, please send me an email at bigleesworld at gmail.com. Make sure to rate and comment on this episode on your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, hopefully this has inspired you to want to get your podcast back. Yeah, it has. Just Anytime I do one of these, it does. It makes me kind of miss it. So hopefully, yeah, I can start doing this again. Maybe, uh, maybe do it under a little different banner. Maybe I can uh, get with you to uh, get under the Big Lee World banner. Well, 
I wouldn't put it under the big leagues world banner just because that seems like I won't say it seems corny because then I don't want to have to start rehosting. <laughs> but I'm sure I can set you up with something to where uh, you can have your own under the uh, the Billy Club banner. Hey, there we go. Oh, I'm definitely all for that. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. We'll Thank talk you. To you soon. Thanks.